Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. Joining me tonight, we have Dalton Bishop. What's up, Spence? Oh, dude. Well, and as always, we also have Christian Ernst. What is going on, y'all? Oh, very exciting week of sports. This week, we're sticking strictly to football. Uh, a lot going on in the football world we want to address. So we'll, we'll just dive right into our recap. Starting with our favorite teams. I feel like I go first every week, either at the same time or it's I can be quick with it. And, yeah, so my team decided to take the trip to Germany, and that was the only fun that was had in Germany was the trip. At least you got a free trip to Germany out of it, guys. Um, one of the worst football games, and I could have told you this beforehand, one of the worst games. Like, I thought it was going to be a Colts by, like, 10 or so. Turns out they only scored 10. And, congrats, you play a team with no quarterback. And you won 10-6. It was a low-scoring affair, 10-6 final for the Colts uh, in Frankfurt, Germany. Gardner Minshew, he threw a pick early in the game. Mac Jones, he threw a pick late in the game. And it was just one of the ugliest. Like, New England led at one point. And then Jonathan Taylor ran it in right before half, or the end of the first quarter, excuse me. Then you had two quarters of nobody scoring. And then, you know, Ryland makes a field goal, cuts it down to one. Matt Gay makes it. And then, you know, New England has a chance. Like, they're driving in the fourth quarter. And, like, Matt Jones, look at the stat line. It's not terrible. It's 15 to 20, 170. But the thing that did him in was on that last drive. Like, they're in the red zone. And I don't say this lightly. It might have been the worst pass I've seen Matt Jones throw as a quarterback in the NFL. Because he has thrown some really awful passes. And, again, last week I said when he threw the interception late, was not his fault. It was off Juju's hands. There's excuses for that. Like, he, yeah, it's a sad for him. He threw an interception. Not really his fault. It was on the receiver and, you know, right place, right time. This one, just dead eye right to the guy that is there to intercept the football. When you're in the red zone, New England gets the ball back somehow. Uh, they force a punt. And, like, the whole time that they were on defense, Bailey Zappi's running the sideline. He's working it, just throwing it, getting loose. And it's like, there's rumbles like, hey, Bailey Zappi's going to come in. So you put the quarterback from Western Kentucky, who got cut preseason because he was not considered good enough to be on the roster uh, by the coaching staff. And then no one else claimed him in the NFL. That's another thing to note. Every team could have claimed Zappi for his fourth-round quarterback salary uh, for like next three years. Nobody did that, so he just cleared waivers there. He came comes back. And like this is like the sad part is that Mac Jones was better than him all offseason. And he, he he's been fine to this point. But you throw Bailey Zappi in there, it's a lose lose situation. You're like, okay, let's try to get a spark here for a two minute drill with a second year, fourth round quarterback. And I like Zappi. He's he shows some flashes his rookie year. But if again, they were driving, you know, he was three of six for 25 yards at one point. And then they do a run play. They get the first down, and they need to stop the clock because the clock is bleeding. And Bailey Zappi goes full Dan Marino with the fake spike here. And it's like, okay, this could work. You catch the defense off guard getting loose. Like, okay, they're expecting a spike here. Uh, but you throw in a double coverage, and this uh, the defensive player is right there to intercept it. So both quarterbacks do interception on their final pass of the day. Um Again, I think this might have been the end of the Mac Jones era. Like, he may start when they come back against the Giants. They have a bye week this week. Also would not shock me. This team's 2-8. Like, just throwing the towel in the year. Um, 
But we could be staring after the bye week for New England at least. In a couple weeks, we could be staring at Bailey Zappi versus Tommy DeVito. Oh. And just miss me with that. Like, we will recap on the show because this, that's my team. I will give you the recap. But that is going to be one of the worst. Like, we see some awful quarterback matchups this year. Um, but, yeah, Mac Jones there, it just appears like it's kind of run his course. And it was a train that way anyway. Uh, anyone that's watched the Patriots game, like, Mac Jones has made some really bonehead decisions this year where, you know, he, he showed flash as a rookie. And I wasn't, like, critical of the pick at the time. Cause it's, like, it's like, okay. 15th round or 15th pick overall in the first round. The top four quarterbacks that most people considered, they were all gone. So you had to take a quarterback there. It made sense. But like you're looking right now, it's 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and we're 10 games in. Like it's one touchdown, one interception per game. And you're just now, just about averaging 200 yards a game. Like it has not been pretty all season. And that may have been the last we saw Mac Jones in a Patriots uniform as a starting quarterback, at least. Uh, maybe he'll get the job back just because Bayless Zappi has not shown to be um, very good at times. But, again, it's a lost season. Um, I'm not rooting for them to lose games, but if they lose, I'm not sad because I know that gives us a better draft pick. That's how I'll phrase it going forward. Uh, Christian, your, your team is also in action. Um, I know it's another sad episode for us here on Out of Bounds. But Christian, how, how do the Packers look on uh, Sunday? Gosh, man. I mean, we kind of look better, surprisingly, than I actually thought. Um, starting out, I mean, the first three drives, it was touchdown city. And I'm thinking, okay, this is actually going to be a better game. Now, of course, I'm a Packers fan, and one of our friends, uh, Todd, he is a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And we were hanging out, and he thought, you know what? Pittsburgh actually has a shot. Pittsburgh, like – they could have a shot to beat Green Bay, but he thought they didn't. He thought Green Bay would play better. I'm like, you have not watched Green Bay this year at all, have you? Like, we don't score in the first half. We just don't do it. And the fact that, you know, we re-answered their opening drive touchdown with an opening drive touchdown, it's like, wow, Green Bay, Jordan, what? like, we're actually going to compete with Pittsburgh here. Now, again, it's Pittsburgh, they don't have much of an offense. Tremendous defense, but not a great offense, right? So we're just handling down, you know, points. And, like, at halftime, because after we got our second touchdown, it was pretty much just a punt city. 17 to 13, pretty much the entire game. We come back out of halftime, and we have a field goal. And then it's like, okay, we're, we're down by a point. Let's see if we can keep this up. We take the lead, 19-17. They take it right back with a field goal. Then we go punt, punt city. And, and then they get a field goal and get 23-19 the final score. We had two more drives to possibly win this game. But Jordan Love, as Jordan Love does, throws interceptions in key moments. The first one he threw, I don't know where he was looking. He was trying to go for Christian Watson, who – is our number one, but man, he is still raw as that number one guy. He gets intercepted by Keanu Neal, and Pittsburgh takes over, and I'm just like, okay, we're, like, if we get another shot at this, Jordan needs to make a play. We get it, you know, we get it after six plays, they punt it over, and we have, we have, we have, we don't even have a minute, we have 59 seconds to make something happen. And he and he did fun. You know, he had 
a six-play, 65-yard drive, and we got it at the 16-yard line. And I'm like, okay, we're in the exact same spot again. We do need a touchdown. Jordan needs to make a play. And, of course, he makes a play, but gives it to Pittsburgh. Another crucial interception where you actually saw this on social media. Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the best safeties in the NFL, top safety for Pittsburgh. He was talking to defensive coordinator and says there needs to be an audible, needs to be this kind of play. And Minka's great mind, it happens, and they take over after the game is over. And my team now is still in the top ten looking at the top five. Uh, but Green Bay loses 23-19. Uh, that's a code for Monsters Inc. 23-19. Uh, which, I mean, this game was just... It, it was a monster game and just giving me a headache. Because, I, like, I, I don't get it, man. Like, I really have hard understanding of Jordan Love. When he has to be there. When he has to do something. It's just not there, man. I mean... We saw you in the New Orleans Saints game. What happened there? We saw you with the Rams game. What happened there? Of course, these were crucial drives because we had the win in the bag. You know, even New Orleans. It was 18-17, but we got lucky because Derek Carr got hurt in that game. And Chicago, bro, we own Chicago. It really don't matter. So, just watching that game, it, 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 it upset me, man. It really upset me. Because I, I know we're not a good team. It's in this depressing mood. And I knew we weren't going to be great. Like, if I, I said this in the beginning of the show, the end of the season. Like, if Green Bay competes for a wild card spot. I mean, I get it. If we compete, I'm happy. Green Bay ain't competing, y'all. Like, Green Bay is not going to be in this playoff race. There are other teams who we thought were written out. But they, they've come alive uh, recently. But Green Bay, I just really doubt that, man. We got the Chargers. We got Detroit again. We got Minnesota. I'm like, in Minnesota, they already destroyed us with Kirk, and then they topped it all off. We could, like, we're playing everyone in our division again. I mean, heck, like, we're going to beat Chicago. We're going to get four wins. We play the Giants on Monday Night Football in about a month. That could be our fifth game. We can also be 5-12. and 12. Like, we are not a very good team. Even though we play the Chargers down the line, like, their defense is terrible. Like, what is our defense going to do? And, by the way, Pittsburgh, their one, number one rusher, it's a guy we don't see. It's a guy that, like, when I'm talking with Pittsburgh, we all think about Najee Harris. Their running game has just not been smooth for them. It has not been at all. And when you have Jalen Warren – being, you know, coming off the bench and actually sparking life in this run game, helping Kenny Pickett, that makes Pittsburgh somehow really good. So it, it just it frustrated me. It upsets me. Spencer, I'm with you. You know, I don't know where I'm going to be on draft night, but I just know on draft night we can have zero players on every position. We can have a full roster of 53 kickers. And the first pick in the damn draft, we're going to pick the best kicker in college football because that's what we do. We don't go after positions we truly need. We're going positions that we don't need. Lucas Von Ness, he has not started. He is just a role player. 
He is a very good role player, but he's not the guy we needed. Last year in the draft, in the 2022 draft, guess what? Guess what? A lot of receivers, they were tr- they got uh, a lot of teams traded up for a lot of receivers. Green Bay, we kind of had to wait to the second round to get Christian Watson. We had everybody. We had Jordan Watson. We had Jordan Addison, excuse me. We had Zay Flowers. We had Quinn Johnson. We had everybody at our disposal. And we're getting a guy who has no starts yet. How great is that? Awesome. Amazing. Sparkling. It's great, man. And, I mean, what's the best position been for us? Probably running back, right? And you got some dogs at running back, man. You got Jawar Jordan at UofL. You got Blake Corum at Michigan. You got Ali Gordon at Oklahoma State. And you know who we're going to draft? We're going to draft one of those three guys, you know, even though we have Aaron Jones. We got Aaron Jones. But, and we have A.J. Dillon, who's a fine running back. We we got a good running backs. We're going to draft another running back. I'm, I'm just spoiling it for y'all. I know. Number one overall pick, get Jawar Jordan, man. I, I'm just saying, like, I know he's great, but Green Bay, you don't need Jawar Jordan. I'm just saying. Give him, give him to a team that actually needs a running back. <sighs> I, I'm just – I know I, I try not to rant on my Packers. It frustrates me. There's veins just popping over my head. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna calm down, but, and it's anyway against Pittsburgh, right? They're a good team. They're, they're a fine team. Their offense has been non-existent for most of the season. Their defense has been extraordinary. Jordan Love, you had to make a play. You screwed it up twice. Um, I think Barcelona is right where this team, Green Bay, how we're thinking, we're gonna give this team, we're gonna give Jordan Love a Backs extension, because why not? Um, so if I have, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve more years, uh, however long they want to do this for, um, so he can just go to the Jets right after his career. Um, so be it. You gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, but yeah, Green Bay has just really put me in this depressing manner right now. You know, Christian, there were six games. Five on Sunday and obviously the Monday night game. They ended on a walk-off field goal. And the two teams we support ended games with an interception thrown late in the fourth quarter. Yep. So, um, uh, thanks for seeing my Thunder for later on in the show. Appreciate it, boy. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, with you guys, you guys are going to have that. Um, you've had three years of trying to work Mac Jones into something. But Jordan Love, this is his first season, and the team is very young. Uh, so Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback next year. Who knows with New England, y'all could, you know, you you all could fall to the number one spot, get Caleb Williams right now. Good dream. Look at Michael Penix, who I think has been one of the better quarterbacks right now. You know, Bo Nix, fine. Drake May, he's been very good. But in games, you know, in some of these, like, games this year, they lost. Hasn't been playing the best, so you guys have a ton of options. We won't. We're gonna find the. We're gonna find Toledo's quarterback. We're gonna find Miami University's quarterback. We're we're gonna find somebody that nobody watches on team on TV or like you know ESPN one or ESPN two. You know, just guys you just never heard of until draft time. So I mean, that's where Josh Allen was. That guy's seriously Brett Favre. So we, we like we're gonna be in that situation. For years to come, believe me. 
Yeah, impromptu draft conversation because our three teams are picking in the top ten as at the moment. Um, but anyway, on to listening to some good games, actually. There's some games with quarterback incompetency on both sides of the ball. We have game of the week. I'll start off. I mean, this game had one quarter that's pretty incompetent, but that quarterback ended up winning, and that's Cleveland and Baltimore. Um, it's a game that, you know, I was watching, obviously. And then, you know, the fourth quarter hits, you know, Gus Evers runs it in, 11-30-40 going the game. It's 31-17 Baltimore. Like, okay, this game's kind of over. Let me flip back and forth. Let me turn red zone on, see what's going on there. Um, it's like, okay, they got this it's in the bag. You know, Cleveland's got a good drive, six plays, 75 yards. Elijah Moore, 10-yard touchdown reception. Uh, scores, makes it 24-31. And then um, – you know, next drive, there's two plays, and Lamar Jackson was a pick six um, to Greg Newsom. And Cleveland did not convert the PAT afterwards. So it's 31 30, 8 16 to go. And, you know, Baltimore, they almost stole the game. Like, they almost, you know, they just kept kept going with the ball, wouldn't find. But then with 455 to go, Cleveland gets the ball back, and they never relinquish. They go 12 plays. 58 yards. They know what they're doing. You know, some deal downs there. It's like, okay, let's just, we're just trying to look the clock here. Uh, and Dustin Hopkins ends up walking it off with a uh, 33 yard or 40 yard field goal, excuse me. Cleveland wins 33 uh, 31. Just a stunner in the AFC North. That's these division games, man. Like, I say this every time. They're the hardest to predict. Just when you think you know who's going to win these games, um, it just goes elsewhere. Like, and the AFC North is obviously one of the best divisions right now because uh, last week all four teams were currently playoff teams. Not the case anymore, but this game, we all said the Ravens last week. Like, we – I don't know what it is. We can't pick a game to save our, save our lives, apparently, uh, before all three in agreement. There's a few that sometimes go our way. But, um, yeah, correct to Cleveland. They came out and they essentially stole a game from a division rival – and while Baltimore looks like they might lock the one seed up eventually, Cleveland's only a half game back of Baltimore because they had a bye already. Baltimore still yet to have a bye week. Um, they may be on bye this week for all I know, actually. But Pittsburgh and Cleveland, they're both 6-3 and three right now. Um, so they're not careful. That division could get really intriguing. Uh, but Dalton, what was your game of the week for a very exciting week of football? My game of the week was Texans Bengals, and um, no, this is a uh, this was a very very back and forth uh, game, which led to a uh, CJ Stroud last last minute. You know, he had to go down and um, take the lead. Um, but I mean, that's this man is he's been uh, he's been pretty terrific this this season. Um, and uh, I mean, this this was such a just just an absolute great game. Uh, both quarterbacks uh, threw the ball so many times and so many yards. Uh, just receivers doing doing a great job. Texans wide receiver Noah Brown had seven receptions for 172 yards. Jamar Chase had five for 124 and a touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, for Houston to go into Cincinnati and you know beat them like that I mean that's you know credit them they did a they did a great job um 
<laughs> and uh, you know, you know, guys, I gotta mention this. Devin Singletary had 30 carries for 150 yards. Come on, I am an absolute. I don't even know what the word is. Sucker for good a good a good a good old fashioned rushing attack as well. So the Texans, man. Dual threat on offense, really. I mean, they'll they'll hurt you many ways. Um, so I mean, that's just good to see. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I thought well, I, I certainly didn't see the Texans at five and four. You know, at at, at this point in the season, um, but I mean, they are they are making improvements and making them quickly. Um, and you know Cincinnati, it doesn't get any easier for them. I mean, their their division is stacked. We're talking about the Ravens. The Ravens are um, sitting pretty good at seven and three. The Browns and the Steelers are six and three. Uh, and then you have the Bengals at five and four. So it's an uphill battle just in the division alone. Um, I think the one silver lining for Cincinnati is that, you know, if things don't change, they stay the same in the standings at least. You know, you could have all four of them make the playoffs, but the AFC is pretty stacked. And if you're the Texans, I mean, that's – the South is bad besides the the Jags, it seems like. Um, And you can can keep it going because you've got the freaking Cardinals this week. So – this is uh, it, it's you'll be, they're 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 pretty happy about where they're at, um, but yeah, that was that was my game of the week, um, from from week ten. All right, Christian, what was your game of the week this past weekend? Uh, shockingly, we got to mention probably one of the worst coaches right now with the best team, and that's Brandon Staley's Chargers going up against Detroit. 79 combined points. That is a ton. It was an absolute shootout in this game. I mean, Justin Herbert, man, he had four passing touchdowns, just one interception, but his team still fails him. Brandon Staley, who is a defensive-minded coach, has the worst defense in football. He just does. Besides the Giants, the Chargers are just the worst team man they just really are they got so much talent they got Khalil Mack they got Joey Bosa they got Derwin James then I forget the actual number but they're one of the top five highest paid and like uh, their defense has like top five payroll like they're being paid the big bucks and they can't they can't stop a nosebleed they just cannot they can't hold a napkin up to the nose because guess what they're gonna hide it into the ear they're gonna hide it to the eye they're going to hit him in the hair. Who knows? Because they're not going to do exactly what they need to do. But in this game, it was back and forth the entire game. Right? It was 24-17. And again, they had at one point four drives just ending in touchdowns. Four drives ending in touchdowns. And it was 24-17 at halftime. Uh, Detroit has a six-play, uh, thir- you know, they had a eight-play, excuse me, 38-yard uh, drive, they had to punt it away. It was five touchdowns. Five touchdown drives in Detroit, having a three and a half minute drive to end the game, had a walk off field goal. And it is bonkers to me. Number one, I, like I said, Dan Campbell, I think is one of the best coaches right now. I'd play for the guy. I'd bite off kneecaps for that guy. He, he's a tremendous coach. 
what is up with your defense playing AFC teams? I mean, seriously. You got 38 points. You allowed the Chargers, who, I mean, that I know that defense is crap, but – or that, that offense is overpowered, but still, your defense can't stop anything. And also playing Baltimore um, a couple weeks ago, and I was when like, oh, Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. I mean, you just you, they they got away with one, and they're seven and freaking two, which is awesome. They're gonna win the NFC North probably if they handle their business. But I mean, this is, this is wild, man. Jared Goff had three hundred yards passing. David Montgomery had you know one sixteen, had a buck sixteen, and Jamari Gibbs had seventy seven yards on the ground for himself and two scores. They were absolutely tremendous. Amon St. Brown was going off. Keenan Allen was showing off. Like, offensively, it it was seriously the – I forget what it's called, but, like, it was the arcade mode in Madden. Like, nobody could stop anybody. And Brandon Staley, man, like, this you're, you're the defensive-minded coach. Defensive-minded. Whoever – this is usually across college football, usually across the pro football. Whatever you're a coordinator of. That part of the team is usually, usually the best one, right? This defense is awful, man. Kellen Moore is doing the best he can. 38 points can win you a lot of games. But allowing 41? Come on, Staley. Like, it's only a matter of time. The Chargers, who are right now 4-5, and five, they're probably, like, at this moment, because they have to win a ton of games – they, if they don't get their stuff together, Brandon Staley's going to pack his backs. Probably go back to Sean McVay or probably just be defensive coordinator somewhere else. And, I've, you know, Chargers, they need a guy who can actually be a game manager because their last couple head coaches have just not been good, even though they have a very talented roster. A lot of people would want to come to L.A., especially in a sport like football, where you're going to play in the cold for most of the part. You get, you know, sunny in 75, that's a pretty good day. So, again, it was a home it was a home game, home game for the Chargers, even though probably most of the Detroit fans showed up. But it, it's just embarrassing that the Chargers can score 38 and still, have, still come away with a loss. Even the shootout against Miami in week one, like we thought, oh, wow, both teams are really good. Chargers with Staley just suck. So... That's my game of the week because the offense was amazing. Defense, they stayed at home. All right. Thank you, Christian, for that. Next up, player of the week. Dawn, who was your player of the week for this past weekend? My player of the week was, and Christian mentioned him in passing just a little bit, uh, was Keenan Allen. Um and you know, it you know, actually, guys, it very well could have been CJ Stroud. Um for the second week in a row, but I'm mean, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta change it up somehow. Okay, um, so Keenan Allen, I mean, he had a hundred, he had 175 yards receiving on 11 receptions, if I'm not mistaken, almost 200 yards. Um, and really, it's just, I mean, the guy's been, you know, the definition of stability for the past. You know, since he got there, pretty much, um, and just you know, been a been a great wide receiver for Justin Herbert. So I mean, the the guy is, you know, really one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Um, and so you know, he's performing day, he he's performing week in week out, and um, I think you know, you know, just 
this performance, you know, doesn't really, I mean, it's, we could, we could talk about on and on and on about, you know, his whole career as a, as a charger, but just been able to do it for so long. Um, and so, yeah, that was my uh, player of the week, despite not getting the win. Um, he still had a pretty good individual performance. All right. Christian, who was your player of the week this past weekend? Uh, it's got to be the uh, John Slash Jim Harbaugh uh, young clone in Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy had a pretty good game, 19 of 26 for 296 yards and three touchdowns. And look, San Francisco, we all worried about them. Three-game losing streak. You know, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Chicken Little all over again. And San Francisco, I feel like going into this by, you know, to quote the Green Bay Packer legend of Aaron Rodgers, relax. It's okay. It's a three-game skit. The Bengals, even though they lost to Houston this Sunday, they're still a very good team and their offense is going. Their defense, eh, I don't know. But their offense, it, it's going right now, right? Losing to Minnesota with Kirk Cousins on prime time, which is shocking. I get it. It it was it was wild, right? We all we all kind of saw that coming, right? So San Francisco, you know, and also the Cleveland in the last second field goal. We've talked about that before. And I like Brock. It wasn't really Brock's fault. I just think messy weather conditions definitely do alter games a lot. It was nineteen to seventeen. Come on now, but Brock Purdy. You know, he – I don't remember if he was a pig farmer or what he was doing on a tractor, but he was just enjoying – he was enjoying the farm life. He was absolutely enjoying himself, getting away from football and just calming down, right? Brock Purdy, system quarterback, right? We all hear about that stuff, and we all talk about how Brock Purdy is not the elite quarterback. Unlike James Harden wants to say, Brock Purdy is not the system. You know, he is not the system. Kyle Shanahan has to make everybody work. Christian McCaffrey, who didn't get a touchdown, which ends the 17-game streak of a touchdown. 17-game streak of a touchdown. Sadly, that had to end. But Brock Purdy in San Francisco, the most important thing, they got the win. And Brock Purdy did his job almost perfectly in my eyes. So they had a 34-3 victory over Jacksonville, which was kind of shocking. We did – I thought, you know, San Francisco – was going to win this game, you know, kind of bounced back after that bye. But the way they did it, 31 points, phew, that was, that was a whooping. That was a whooping. You got to pronounce the W and H in there. So great for Brock Purdy, great for San Francisco. Now they can move on. They're going to have stiff competition with um, Seattle to win the NFC West, but they're going to be rolling for the next couple of weeks after this one. All right. For me, my player of the week, it's got to be Dak Prescott. Like, again, I know people like to criticize Dak, and rightly so at times. But, and and I know they're facing the Giants, one of the worst teams in the NFL. You don't need to remind me that. But to go out there and throw for 404 yards and four touchdowns, um, and that's four touchdowns to four different uh, receivers slash tight end with Jake Ferguson in there, um, Four different guys caught a touchdown from Dak. Just overall, very efficient game. I mean, and Dallas just steamrolled him the entire way because the Giants, like Tom DeVito, he's just not a – like, yes, in name, his occupation is NFL quarterback. But if you watch the guy play, he, he is not an NFL quarterback. Uh, it's a sad state of affairs that this is what the Giants have resor- uh, resulted to. 
is the former Syracuse and Illinois quarterback who was undrafted for a reason. Uh, but, you know, congrats to Tommy DeVito. You know, he's making a living in the NFL, uh, collecting a paycheck, at least for the time being. Um, you know, he'll probably be a backup for a decade or so. But, uh, nonetheless, Dak Prescott, just for me, silencing all the doubters. In Dallas, you know, they were hearing it, uh, just given that they had, you know, had some bad losses, some struggles. Uh, they just lost to the Philadelphia Eagles the week before, even though Dak played fine. Um, just come out there, 49-17 to 17 victory, led by Dak. Like I said, 404 yards and four touchdowns. Pretty impressive. I don't care who you're facing. So for that, Dak Prescott is my player of the week. To most impressive team we go, Christian, I'll you start things off this week. Who is your most impressive team? It's got to be the Houston Texans, man. I know that Dalton talked about C.J. Stroud, but come on, D'Amico Ryans is a tremendous head coach. Like, he is making this team work somehow, some way. C.J. Stroud is the second leader in passing yards and only behind Sam Howell, of all people, which I'm surprised none of us talked about him even though they lost to Seattle. But Houston, we, we all kind of expected, probably in the beginning of the year, Houston was probably going to be at the basement or fighting for third with the um, Tennessee Titans. We didn't think the first year with D'Amico, with CJ at the helm, they were going to be this kind of team. They're seventh right now. Now, again, they're still, because they're five and four, so there's about, I'm trying to think on the top of my head, uh, they play nine games and they play 17, so they have eight more games to go. I mean, the things can change, right? They can go on an eight-game losing streak and be five and 12. You know, that could happen. But Houston right now, I just don't think that's going to happen. They could sneak into the playoffs. They're going to have some bumps and bruises. Believe me, they've had their strides for sure. But, I mean, they got the Cardinals who, yes, they are a good team. Well, they're, excuse me, they're a bad team. But after they played with Kyler Murray back and, yes, they played Atlanta, that can be a tough game. They have Jacksonville again. They have Denver who's on a streak. They have New York. They got Cleveland. They have Tennessee twice. So, their, their schedule doesn't show that it's going to be very difficult, but winning this game against the Cincinnati Bengals, who we all thought they were just on a hot tear after you know beating the Buffalo Bills, beating San Francisco, Cincinnati kind of got shut down against Houston in that win. I mean, they're the most impressive team right now. They can actually possibly win this division and or they can get a wild, or decent wildcard spot because of the other teams kind of crumbling in front of our eyes. So Houston is my most impressive team for this week. All right. For me, my most impressive team, um, I'm going to go Denver. Pretty. They almost lost the game, but they are now winners of three straight. And we, you know, rightly so at times, criticized Denver. Um, because, you know, they start off poorly. They give up 70 points to the Dolphins. At one point, and like you were sitting there at one and five, and it's like this team's going nowhere. Then they play Green Bay. Sorry, Christian, but that's what happened. They play Green Bay. They win that game. Believe me, I ranted about that game a couple weeks ago. Go ahead and rip my team. I've ripped yours before. Rip Dalton's. Go ahead. I'm fine. This year, we all rip each other's teams. We're all having bad years so far. We're all going to pick in the top 10, so it's okay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's go. But, again, the Broncos, back to them. They beat the Chiefs after getting – I mean, they lost by 11 two weeks before that or three weeks, depending on the bye. I can't remember. 
Um, but they beat the Chiefs. Then they beat the Bills. And like I said, they need a miracle to win this game. Because um, I don't believe in Russell Wilson and like his stats. He had two touchdowns, but under two hundred. Under 20 yards passing despite completing 24 uh, passes. And, I mean, it does help that you're playing Josh Allen, who's now a turnover machine, we found out. Six straight games with a pick. First Bills quarterback since Ryan Fitzpatrick to do that. Uh, yeah, when you're on the list with Fitzception, not very good. Um, but Denver, I mean, like, if you didn't catch it, they're rushing guys on the field because, like, they're out of timeouts and the clock was stopped because they burned it or the Giants – or Bills, excuse me – Bert Bob Cameron exact order of business there. They didn't, keep me, they didn't even kneel down to just uh, get the clock running. They rushed the field goal unit out there. And Will Lutz shanks it. He kicks it. does not make it. It's far right. But the Bills didn't get everyone off in time. They had 12 guys on the field, I guess, with miscommunication because you had 11 guys on the line, then the, the guy back there um, in the formation. Which was the and, one, just one side. What? It was Demar Hamlin. He was. Oh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, Demar Hamlin made his first appearance, uh, back in the NFL since the tragic injury on Monday Night Football. But yeah, the Bills had twelve guys on the field, and then you know they retry it. Will Lutz makes it in Denver. I uh, I don't know. They may have dug themselves too much of a hole early on in the season, but there are teams you hear all the time that start zero and two, start zero and three. Uh, have these like rough starts to the season, and they find a way to get to the playoffs. So I'm not saying Denver's going to do that, but uh, they are my team of the week for a reason. They are playing red hot, uh, just like a few other teams in the league. But Dalton, who was your most impressive team this week? My most impressive team was the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, yeah, dude, they they are hot. They are red hot right now man uh they have done a terrific job uh despite their quarterback going down their starting quarterback to go out and get josh jobs uh jaron hall gets hurt so dobbs has to come in leads the comeback last week against the falcons um and then this week man they're playing at home against the saints again another awful pick i picked the saints to win this game and i don't know why I really don't. I really don't know why. Um, but I did, and I looked like a fool. Uh, and so Josh Dobbs and this team, who hasn't been playing without Justin Jefferson, mind you, either. Like, the, it's TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, and Jordan Addison. That is who you're, that's who you're looking at right now. Josh Dobbs leading the way. These guys are 6-4. and four. On a five-game win streak, um, they're on fire, man. And I think it's – they have a really good shot, a super good shot at getting into the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Playoffs. Um, today they're sitting at the seventh seed uh, with Dallas at number six. And do I think that they can trump Dallas or Seattle at this point for the wild card spots in terms of one, two, and three? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think Seattle, it doesn't get any easier for them. Dallas, it's Dallas. No offense to my Cowboy fan, uh, fan friends. You're probably going to make the playoffs, but in terms of 
you know, who gets hot at the right time? You just play the Duke. I mean, bro, you 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 just play the Giants. Like I I, I like I don't want to hear it. I I, I don't want to hear it. And these Vikings, man, they gotta face a red hot Broncos team uh, that is that has got a little tiny uh, a streak of their own going on right now. Um, which we'll cover that later in the pod. Uh, don't mean to spoil, but you know, again, like Minnesota has just they have they have turned a corner. They have turned a corner, and it is uh, it is something to see that them they're they're you know they make this midseason acquisition at one at one if not the most pivotal position in this sport, and they have not you know flinched at all, haven't flinched at all. Um, their best wide receiver is not playing. Uh, the defense with the defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, has, you know, completely switched um, from, you know, uh, the first few weeks in the season to now. They're playing much better. So, yeah, I think I think the Vikings have been super impressive, not just this week, but for the past four weeks, including this past one, that, which is why they've, you know, won five straight games. All right. Thank you, Dalton, for that. Next up, least impressive team. And I'll start things off. For me, the Jaguars. I, it was an awful showing for Jacksonville. We talked last week. I thought it was going to be a close one, at least, where you have San Fran coming in, loser of three straight, Jacksonville winners of six straight, and cooking. Um, you know, Jacksonville trying to show that they could be the talk of the league. Make that next step. And it just seems like with Jacksonville, every time they have a chance to get that next step, you know, that year they made the AFC title game, the next year they beat New England early in the season, and it's like, okay, Jacksonville, believe in Jacksonville. Like, they're a legit team. And it just seems like time after time, they do not take that next step. And this is a chance for a struggling San Francisco team to take that next step, and you blew it. Like, you laid an A. You lost 34-3. to uh, and I'm not saying they can't bounce back because, again, season's still – you're halfway over. But, again, it's one game. Teams lose bad games all the time, and they bounce back. You're still leading the division, Jacksonville. But uh, as we've all talked about, I think we're all big fans of Houston now, at least C.J. Stroud. Um, it would not shock me right now if, if Houston, uh, the way the schedule lines up, is kind of tough for Jacksonville. If Houston somehow – passes Jacksonville and takes the division, which I did would have been I would have laughed at you beginning of the season if you said Houston with rookie quarterback City Stroud. I thought they would have been fine. But then again I had rookie um Bryce Young leading the Panthers to division title. So I bet on the wrong rookie quarterback there to lead a team to the playoffs because Houston's a playoff team right now, um, according to the standings. But Jacksonville just overall rough day for them. Uh Trevor Lawrence, 17 29, 185, two interceptions. Uh, for a guy that was at once considered the canvas prospect, again, I don't want to crush the guy. It's one bad game. But uh, not your best showing, Trevor. Uh, hope you can bounce back going forward. But this is as a uh, – it's trending. I mean, you had all the momentum, and then you, this could derail a franchise. I don't think it will that much. I think they still make the playoffs at the very least. Um, but it, it's going to be tough, Jacksonville. It's going to be tough because that was just – that was a really bad loss. Nonetheless, Dalton, your least impressive team this past weekend. My least impressive has been the, well, for the, for this past week at least, is the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, 
Um, it's just because they just, just they just have nothing to show. Like I I don't know. Like I was just looking at all of the teams today, and you know, like we we talk about like uh, like you know like some other bad teams more often, like the Patriots, the Packers, the Rams, um, you know, the Bears, the Panthers. But we haven't really talked about the Titans in a little while. And it's like the Titans have just, like, you know, like, Homer Simpson gift, like, just backed into the bush, and nobody's just, you know, where'd Tennessee go? Like, they, they've been awful. They've been awful. And you're going to talk about a team that's 3-6. and six. They got their tails whipped this past week when they played against the Buccaneers. And, you know, you can you can be like, oh, well, Dalton, they've got a rookie quarterback. I don't think that really applies. Like, I really don't think that applies. We have had some other teams that have got rookie quarterbacks, and they're playing exceptionally well. So I, I don't, I really, I really don't think that one applies. And I just, I just don't think that this is good, this is a good team. They're, they, they don't produce. Their quarterback's probably the best player on the team, maybe. Recently. I know Derrick Henry is on the squad. Okay, you don't have to do that. Uh, but but I mean also like I will say this like Henry has not been playing well as of recently, you know like anyway. So I mean you know let's just take this past game for example. Derrick Henry had less than twelve carries for twenty four yards, and they couldn't pass the ball, couldn't run the ball, and it seemed like their kicker was the only one that was putting up points. They put up six points this past week. That's awesome. Good for them. Good for them. But you know it sucks when your defense is giving up twenty points. So now you're you know you know you had a massive deficit. You're probably gonna lose the football game. But I just don't think that Tennessee is that good of a team this year. I'm sure people, lots of people would would absolutely agree. Um, I'm sure they've had like some tight games, maybe. You know, just some. You know, a, a tight game with the Saints, tight game with the Chargers, tight game with the Colts, meh, tight game with the Ravens, Falcons, Steelers. You know, like, out of all those teams, like, how many of those teams actually have good offenses? I mean, we can have that conversation for another day, but, I mean, like, I just, I just don't think the Titans, for the record that they have, and I guess the talent preseason, like, you know, I just... They they probably should make some they probably should make some changes, uh you know whether it's you know coach coordinator whatever, um I just do not think that they're reaching their maximum potential, and they just haven't been that impressive just kind of let so yeah that's that's been my least impressive team. All right, Christian, your least impressive team this past weekend. It's got to be Buffalo, man. Like, Buffalo, they are I, – I don't get what they are. I really have no idea. They play impressive when they need to be. But the games they have to win, that they have to win, they do not show up. Denver allowed 70 points. I understand that was almost in – that was at the beginning of the season, and that was a month and a half ago. You – are the Buffalo Bills. Everybody has been telling you guys, 
you have one of the best quarterbacks, probably the best quarterback in the AFC, right? Competition with Mahomes. Josh Allen, and Mike Greenberg said this on ESPN, he is this generation's Brett Favre. He just is. He is wildly talented. Nobody can deny that. Some of the throws he makes, unbelievable. His, his cannon of an arm is wildly impressive. But when you cannot, and, and not all, and the two interceptions he had weren't really on him. Threw it to Gabe Davis. Gabe couldn't catch. Bounced the ball up in the air. Denver picked it off. The other one, Denver just jumped the route and they had an interception. So it's not Josh's fault. But Buffalo's just playing willy-nilly. I don't think it's Ken Dorsey. They fired Ken Dorsey uh, Tuesday morning. I don't think it was Ken Dorsey. I just think Josh Allen, who's had thir- who's had 11 interceptions, which leads the NFL above a Jordan frickin' love, who throws the games – like, he throws those at the end of the game to screw the Green Bay Packers. And, and like, Mac Jones. Man, do I need to say much more than that? So, Josh Allen, we all think top five, top ten quarterback. This guy is going to be, like, he's going to be referred to as one of the best quarterbacks to not win anything. He'll be the Carl Malone of the NFL because he is tremendously talented. Not the three of us combined couldn't have as much talent as Josh Allen. Josh is very, like he is a rare gem out of Wyoming, for goodness sake. Who in the hell in the Power Five recruiting departments did not look at that guy? Who Wyoming out of all the schools? Wyoming, come on. And even at Wyoming, I get there's not a lot of talent. Didn't win a ton because it's in freaking Wyoming. But anyway, he, he he's a gem, man. He is tremendously talented. He, he, he's got it all. He's got the contract. He's got the money. And he, he's a tremendous athlete. But when you are the franchise guy, you have to deliver. And having 13 turnovers is not helping your team. Your team's 5-5. Five and five. They don't have a bye for two more weeks. They got the New York Jets this weekend, which beat them in week one. And we're like, how in the hell do you lose to them? Aaron Rodgers, it was his game. If you lost to an Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt. You lose to him, like, okay, Aaron Rodgers is better. Like, we're not going to think about that. But Zach Wilson, Wilson to Wilson connection after a tremendous play by Garrett to get that touchdown, that's what lost him the game. And, of course, the punt return uh, touchdown in the game to end it. Like, that was just wild itself. And then you're losing to the New England Patriots, 29 to 26. You're losing to New England. I mean, Spencer, not me. Again, you want to rip my team? We're going to rip each other's team because, hell, like we're all in the top 10. But it's New England. Mac Jones. Mike just. That, that, we should not have won that game. Sure, just <laughs> should not have. Right? Go ahead, Spencer. No, no, that team, I still don't know how we won that game. I don't. Because it's the Buffalo Bills, and they want to turn over the football. The, the very first play, the Buffalo Bills, James Cook, good. he's a good running back. So, uh, so I was going to say son to Dalvin Cook. That is not true. Uh, the younger brother of Dalvin Cook, the very first snap he had, fumbled it. It wasn't stormy. It wasn't wild weather in Buffalo. It was just freaking cold, and they fumbled the football. 
The Buffalo Bills are the AFC equivalent to the Dallas Cowboys. Tremendously talented. They have a good quarterback. And what do they do? In games they should win, they don't. In games that they should win, they do. And when it comes to playoff time, they can't play to that level of expectation and they fall flat on their face. Now, I don't know if it's Bill Burr lookalike that's the coaching problem. Josh Allen just may need to just figure himself out. And like I said, they don't have a bye week. They don't have a bye week until two weeks later after they play the New York Jets and the Philadelphia freaking Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Like, they have to figure this out quick against a division opponent and right now the best in the, the best team in the NFC right now. So, Buffalo, they're most impressive. You've got to win these easy games. You've got to win the game against New England. You've got to win the game against Zach Wilson-led Jets. You have to win the game against the team that allowed 70 freaking points to Miami, who you're going to play later on, and who you thumped. You thumped 38 to 20, and you got to play them again, like, later on down in the season. So, like, it's one of those recycles, like, the, a, Team A beat Team B, Team B beat Team C, Team C beat Team A. It's, it's a cycle that doesn't make sense, bro. It does not make sense at all. They're my least impressive team. They're losing games they shouldn't, and they're probably going to miss the playoffs after after they beat the Dolphins. The last thing I'll say, after they beat the Dolphins, they had a 98% chance of making the playoffs. 98. This is the 2%. Now it's 20%. They're more than likely not going to make the playoffs, especially if Houston does well. The other teams in the AFC North, which right now it's, you know, it's Cleveland and uh, Pittsburgh. You still got Cincinnati to worry about. Who knows if Denver can make a push? Who knows if the Jets can make a push? Who knows if the Raiders can make a push? You seriously screwed yourselves. If you don't make the playoffs, you screwed yourselves out of the playoffs because of not handling the game at a time and just seeing, oh, Denver, they are they allowed 70 on them. It's it just they're super disappointing this year, and they're probably going to miss the playoffs entirely. All right, next up, the biggest surprise. Dalton, start with you. What's your biggest surprise? Thank you. My biggest surprise was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, I thought about putting them at least impressive, but I think it was more surprising to me than not impressive that they had the performance that they had on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Look, I mean, it's (laughs) – You're at home, and you've got a team, albeit coming off of a bye, and this is a chance for you to be like, hey, we have changed things around here. Things are different. You know, this is this is a, a brand new team, you know? And, like, you've got a... Some would put them in the NFC title game already before the season even started. A team coming in that is super talented, and you have a chance. Like, let's go stomp on their throat. Let's go, let's go beat this team in our house and show everyone 
that we can play with the big dogs. And what do you do? You turn into a puppy, bro. You you put up three points. You put up three points, and you gave up 38. Like, what the heck happened? What happened? What happened? I, I mean, it's... Doug Peterson mentioned the idea of a wake-up call after the game. Well, yeah, probably. Probably. I would assume so. You know, that is a... a Wake-up call is what you needed. Because apparently, you know, you... They just, they just, they just, they just absolutely outplayed you. They, they, I mean, they really did. 49ers just absolutely outplayed you. You weren't prepared. Maybe you were prepared. Maybe they just absolutely beat the crap out of you. And you couldn't have an answer for anything. I don't know. But I was just shocked. I was just floored. I Yes, I was the only person to pick the Jaguars on this podcast. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, you don't have to tell me because I know it already. I thought it was going to be a closer game than that. I mean, seriously. I mean, come on, man. Come on. You got kids, you got families, families that pay good money to get into that stadium in Jacksonville, Florida, and for you to have the offensive output of three points in your defense to not stop anything? We mentioned the idea of nosebleeds on this podcast. Yeah, they had about five of them on Sunday. And Jacksonville was just like, well, uh, we just, we, 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 we don't have any issues. We, we, I mean, even if we had tissues, I mean, I really don't think it would matter. Like, it just would not matter. I just, yeah, that just sucks. I, I mean, I really think, too, even, like, if the stadiums and the home fields were switched and Jacksonville had to go cross-country to the San Francisco area, town, and play them there, I it probably would have been the same result. It probably would have been the same result. And and that includes the margin of defeat for Jacksonville. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mental thing. Like, you know, they're just like, ah, we are so used to getting blown out by good teams. We just, gosh, I just don't know if we can do it this time. If we can really turn over a new leaf and just ugh, beat Beat a 49ers team that is before the bye, had lost three straight games. They went into the bye, got reset, and you guys let them go in there and just beat the living crap out of you. Ah, okay, yeah, all right, all right. You, I mean, you've got, you've got, let's, let, let's go now, okay, let's go now. You got your tail whipped, so now we can reset. I'm not saying we like I like I'm a Jags fan. No, no, they can reset, and now you can go back out there the next week and kick somebody else's butt and get back on track. Okay, now this is this is what you needed. You needed a butt whipping, and now it's time. Let's go, baby. Let's go. It's now or never because you're gonna slip up, and the Texans are not gonna slow down. So, I mean, which one do you want? 
Do you want to win the division again? Or do you want the Texans to win the division? Do you want to make the playoffs? Or not? Because the AFC, much better conference than the NFC. And there's some stacked teams in that conference. So take this, use it as motivation, and let's go, baby. Keep it moving. Let's, let's just keep it, keep it moving. Keep rolling. Okay? But, yeah, I was absolutely floored, shocked by the Jaguars' performance this past Sunday. All right. Christian, your biggest surprise. Uh, it's what you were kind of hinting at, Spencer, uh, in the beginning of the podcast. It was the six walk-offs, man. Like, great day for kickers. Um, we had a part of last year where all the kickers are just being cut and everyone's resigning. Everyone has an opportunity to be a kicker. Some kickers actually get hurt where Houston had to have their kick, had uh, a regular player be their kicker. So it, it's kind of awesome to see six walk-offs and, you know, crucial moments. These kickers did not choke at all, uh, especially Denver when, you know, I complain about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's awesome to see the kickers get to have their little shining moment of week 10, and they were the story with the six walk-offs. All right. For me, uh, my biggest surprise, I'm going to go with the uh, New Orleans Saints. I know they lost the game, but, you know, you lose Derek Carr partway through the game, and Jameis Winston has to come in, and, you know, he's cold because he hasn't played much. And he looks, you know, competent. I mean, it's Jameis, so, you know, he has, you know, that new law is like for every touchdown you got through an interception. You know, every uh, Jack has an equal and opposite reaction. little science thing. I'm I haven't taken a science course in a year, so I may have butchered the exact law there. But, yeah, that's my random nonsense today. But James Winston, two touchdowns, two receptions, as he had to. He was 13-25. Would have been better if he was 13-26, uh, just to balance everything out there. But, nonetheless, he still rallied the troops, to say the least. For a team that was, you know, down 27-3 when he came in, he, you know, he finds Chris Olave for a 14-yard touchdown pass. They get the two-point conversion because Kamari runs it in. Cut it down to 16. And then A.T. Perry, 15-yard touchdown pass from Winston. Uh, then Kamara also runs it again on two-point conversion. So they got two scoring drives there. And they have a chance late. Like, they're down eight. And, again, the odds of them getting three touchdowns three and uh, three two-point conversions, very slim bids, doable. We've seen it done before. Um, but... You know, Jameis Winston, because he's Jameis Winston. You know, you get the ball. He had the ball down a twat three times. The first two, throws an interception because he's Jameis. And then the last one was a Hail Mary attempt that just, you know, was incomplete. But I, I got to give credit where it's due. I did not think the Saints were going to – I thought they would win the game beforehand just because, you know, Dobbs, you know, he's not a fresh unknown that he was the week before. But – Especially when, you know, Carr goes down. You know, I think Winston's going to lead an almost comeback. But that that's my biggest surprise. And that's what I'll say on that front there. Uh, shifting gears, that's our recap. On to our Week 11 preview. And, you know, last week we got a good game, but the matchup sucked. If we're being honest with ourselves, the matchup sucked for uh, Thursday Night Football last week. This week we get a great matchup. It's Bengals, it's Ravens. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, two guys that won the Heisman Trophy in college. Lamar's got an MVP in the NFL. You, it's gonna be such a fun matchup. And Keaton, um, for the Ravens, the running back, 
the new, you know, is very young. Uh, Scoring a touchdown in the last two games. Uh, last week, excuse me. Uh, Keaton Mitchell. Okay, that's what I thought. Keaton Mitchell, excuse me. Uh, he has been, you know, a breath of fresh air for the Ravens running game. Scoring a rushing touchdown two straight games. Um, should be a very fun game. This one's played at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland. Again, game is on Prime Video. But, man, I'm looking forward to this. You got a division battle there. You know, technically first versus last, but we know how good Cincinnati is. These are two teams that we thought could be not just contending for the top of the division, but contending for the top of the conference because these two teams are, you know, very capable of reaching the Super Bowl if the cards fall their way in the playoffs. Um, and they got to make the playoffs first. Like Cincinnati, you're curling the outside looking in right now because uh, you just lost. But nonetheless, it should be a very exciting game. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, just how the running attack goes. Gus Edwards, Joe Mixon, Keith Mitchell, like I just mentioned. And then, you know, anytime you get Jamar Chase and Zay Flowers, uh, T. Higgins too, uh, you get those guys on the sidelines just lining up. Yeah, I'm going to be wa- excited to watch this game. I think we're going to get a lot of offense in this game. Uh, but, you know, the defenses have shown to step up time and time. Uh, again, both these teams coming off a last-second loss. Uh, they were two of the four teams that were on the other end of the walk-off field goal. So we'll see what can happen on Thursday night. Dahl, what are you looking forward to with the Bengals and the uh, the Ravens? So basically, like, what I'm looking forward to is just a classic division game between these two teams. You know, which team's going to bounce back from a loss the previous week. That, I mean, that's kind of just the gist of it. Um, you know, maybe if there was, like, some other things, like T. Higgins, you know, there's reports that maybe he's not going to play this week. Bad for fantasy owners. Bad for the Bengals. Um, I think, like, if you're Baltimore, you're happy to be back at home. But, again, like, you know, you just – we, we, you know, we kind of talk about it like all the time when we talk about divisional games that you just never know. Uh, and so, like with these teams, you know, it's it's kind of like you know a shrug of the shoulders. Like we'll just have to we'll just have to see who shows up to play and who doesn't really. All right, Chris, what are you looking forward to in this matchup? Uh, I'm looking for, again, you know, like Dolan mentioned, a really good matchup. You know, the last couple Thursday night football games have not been uh, eye-popping. They're not really drawing me in. This is, you know, the top two teams in the AFC, uh, AFC North, excuse me. So, you know, Baltimore is my pick to win the AFC North. And, you know, I think Lamar Jackson, you know, he talked about it on social media. And he, you know, when they played against Seattle and they thumped them, and like, oh, the fantasy owner. So Lamar, I think he was trying to help his fantasy guys and actually give his DMs a break. Uh, and Lamar, when he tried to be the guy, and sometimes it worked, but later on in the game with a pick six, you know, he's trying to do too much for Baltimore right now, and that possibly could have cost them uh, in this game on top of other reasons. But with Baltimore right now, they just have to, you know, do what they have to do. Um, just stay focused, stay in line. Don't try and be the hero. Don't be Josh Allen. Don't be the AFC North version of Josh, uh, uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And with Cincinnati, man, I mean, obviously coming off a tough loss, um, 
you know, CJ Stroud to do him wrong doing the OH, uh, you know, the OH little taunt. Um, so that kind of stunk for them. But Cincinnati, they were hot on top. And, you know, Houston, a lot of people, including us, we would all think Cincinnati would have this game in the bag. Uh, and they didn't. So they're both coming off of a loss. They want to regain ground. They, you know, this is a tough division, uh, tougher than especially I thought. So I just can't wait to see an absolute classic game of probably game of the year, honestly. All right. To the picks we go for this matchup. Uh, I'll start things off. Give me the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to uh, win this one. They're at home. And again, I think Cincinnati's a good team. I think their record is misleading. Um, the like five and four, but that's it's what happens. Uh, the Bengals lost week two to this team, 27-24. and I think the Ravens get the season sweep. That's um, what I have. Again, I do think it will be a close one, like last time. Um, and I think we'll have a little bit more scoring than we did week two. So I think both teams, while yeah, you get banged up as season goes on. They're relatively healthy. Like, Odell Beckham's in his own right now and whatnot. But give me the Ravens in uh, in this game. Dalton, how do you see this one going down? I actually went back and forth for a little while. Um, I was like, really? I mean, this is going to be just crazy. Um, you know, I think after thinking about it for a little bit, I'm going to have to, I'm just going to go with Cincinnati and see what happens. I mean, it's just, I think with these, like, aside from, you know, like they pretty much, you know, aside from maybe, you know, a couple of years in between, I know there was a break period of time, uh, like when the Bengals were super bad that the Ravens just swept them. Um, you know, I think recently it's kind of like, you know, they kind of just split. So, I, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like I feel like Cincinnati is just going to bounce back and split, split the Ravens. Now, do I have complete faith that that's going to happen? No, I don't. But what do you – I mean, like, what are you, you going to say? Like – I think them not having T. Higgins, the Bengals not, you know, potentially not having T. Higgins is not going to be the issue. I think if Baltimore goes hog wild on the the ground and really like and like am uh, you know like excuse me, pretty much able to do what the Texans did, I think Cincinnati is a real problem. They have a real problem because you're just letting them do whatever they want on on you know, the offensive side of the ball. And for Baltimore, I mean, you just – Jamar Chase is going to get his yards. I mean, it's – there's there's almost nothing you can do about that. He's going to get his yards. And I think also the silver lining for Baltimore is that they have a guy who's leading the league in interceptions in Geno Stone, but he is six. And he's playing out of his mind. I You know, I, I, I am not sure he, if, like, he is in a contract year – but it wouldn't shock me if he was, because he's just playing. He's playing ridiculous right now, um, and so I think that's good for Baltimore's defense. They were playing really well. They've got some studs on the defensive side, but I think for Cincinnati, Trey Henderson just got hurt last week. So you know, who's your other pass rusher going to be? Joseph Asai, like 
that uh, that'd be some interesting things to, for me personally that I just that just comes to my mind just rambling right now. But you know, I'm just gonna roll the dice and pick Cincinnati to win this game. Alrighty, Christian, how do you see this game going down? I mean, same thing with both of y'all. I mean, kind of bounce back and forth, but I'm gonna go Baltimore here. Um, looking at this game, I thought if either team won, if, if both teams won, I probably would have went with the home team, which I, you know, obviously I'm going with Baltimore. If one won and the other lost, I would have gone whoever lost in this game, uh, or lost in week 10. But I think Baltimore right now, they have, they're more probably eager to get back into the win. This is a game they clearly had. They had a 24-9 point lead on this team. They, on Cleveland Browns, excuse me, they show dominance. They, you know, they had, I think it was like eight minutes in the fourth quarter left. And, of course, they came back and almost won this. uh, They almost came back and won this game, but Cleveland took it in the end. So, Baltimore, I think, has more to prove. They have more to show. Uh, You know, the grip on this division kind of weakened. They have to maintain that. Uh, And Cincinnati, I mean, like you mentioned, Trey Hendrickson is now, he's hurt. Uh, T. Higgins, he's possibly going to be out for this game. And obviously, Jamar Chase is, you know, their number one receiver. But when you got a three-headed monster and you only got a two-headed, that makes the defense, you know, cover, uh, cover their ground a lot easier covering two guys than their top three. So, Cincinnati... They really have to get going. They couldn't get the job done in Cincinnati. You know, it's very rare where you, the road team in this uh, series both lost, or the home team in the series both lost. Uh, I think Baltimore is just a better team right now. They've had a hotter start. So I think Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, who's just going to play his game, not trying to be the top guy. He already is it, but he doesn't have to be number one every single week. And in this game, he just has to do what he has to do. Don't turn over the football like Josh Allen, and you'll get the dub. So I got Baltimore. All right. Staying in the same division, uh, the other two teams in the division also play. It has to be a rarity that, uh, you, besides the last week of the season, that's all all uh, interdivision matchups, that we get uh, both team, both uh, matchups in the division. But here's what we did here with the Steelers. And the Browns doing battle in Cleveland, Ohio, at uh, Cleveland Browns Stadium this week. Both teams coming in six and three. Uh, Cleveland is just a lot better than I thought they were going to be. But also, like I really don't buy them. You know, they have beat some quality opponents uh, like San Francisco, like Baltimore, and the Steelers. They're all two game winning streak bets: Tennessee and Green Bay. Like uh, they, I mean, they, they're getting t- Steelers did beat Baltimore, but division games. They always go weird. Uh, I just don't know what to make of either team, really. Like, it's a game where, like, one of these teams, bar a tie, will win and go to 7-3. and three. And I don't feel confident in either of these teams necessarily. Like, let's say, for example, Cincinnati wins and Baltimore drops 7-4. and four, And one of these other teams wins and they're 7-3. and three, And they would leapfrog Baltimore in the division. Like, I don't feel confident in these teams winning the division. Or being like a thread in the playoffs, but it's very possible one of these teams wins, wins the division. Like I said, I don't think they'd be a thread in the playoffs, 
But I, I just don't know to make of either team. Like, I think the running game's fine. Like Christian mentioned earlier, uh, Jalen Warren's the better running back maybe for uh, the Steelers. At least he's used more than Najee Harris, but Najee's still really good. Uh, George Pickens, I have no clue what's going on there. Like, there was that weird, uh, you know, so, like message like, release me or whatever a few weeks ago with uh, the Steelers. Like, it, they might be in disarray, but Cleveland, uh, I, get, I just don't trust Watson. Um, at all, but yet they find a way to win these games sometimes. It is a weird game where someone will win and they will be, I'm not going to say they're, they're frauds, like they will have earned it, and rightly so, because you can only play on your schedule. But it's going to be one of those games where we will be looking at a team that is and 7-3 that I don't think is getting much of a playoff threat, and I could be completely wrong there. I, I have been wrong before, I'll be wrong again. But this, this matchup just screams two teams that like, one of these teams will be a playoff team, but it's one that I will probably pick losing in the first game. Uh, Dawn, what are you looking forward to with Steelers and Browns? I am looking forward to seeing if Pittsburgh can get more going on offense. Um, you did a pretty good job of, you know, mentioning their offensive pieces earlier, and Christian did as well. So I'm not going to try to reiterate those, but, like – Communication lies like, what are we doing? George Pickens, you are this good, good to great wide receiver for this team. You and Deontay Johnson. I mean, you guys, let's go, man. I mean, this is, this is, you know, it's, you know, it's freaking the go time. You guys are six and three. And, you know, I mean, let's let's go. Let's 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 play as a team, and let's go out there. And let's let's beat this. Let's let's beat these other teams. Get into the playoffs. Um, I think Kenny Pickett. Let's go, man. You got to be better. Let's be better. Let's let's go out there and try to put up some points as an offense, even though your defense is great and has been the entire season and not allowing a lot of points. I mean, let's let's. I mean, this is. Come on, let's let's let's, let's come on. Let's let, let let let's go, and try to play some complimentary football. Um, I think for Cleveland, like, what's it look like for them when they're not turning the ball over? I mean, Deshaun, if I'm not mistaken, he had, what, one, two interceptions last week, and they still came back from 14 down? So, I mean, can Cleveland be more dominant if Deshaun Watson just doesn't turn the ball over? Potentially. Should that happen this? I mean, I'm I'm not sure, because Pittsburgh has been no stranger to getting turnovers. Um. That's kind of just a couple of things that I was just looking forward to for this game. All right. Christian, what are you looking forward to in this matchup? Um, I'm looking forward to great defensive play. I have said this on this podcast for years. I play defense. I love defensive games. I don't care. Like, we all – I mentioned my game of the week was the Jets and Giants when they punted it like a half a billion times. Like, I want this game to be so defensive, bro. Not because both offenses just absolutely are trash, but, like, like TJ Watt is a tremendous player. I absolutely love Miles Garrett on the other side. Like, these defenses 
are going to be elite, elite defenses right now. And they're the only reason, in my opinion, that this that these teams are where they're at currently in the standings. It's not because of their offense. Deshaun Watson, yes, he played his best game with one interception. He played his best game, and he looked Houston-esque. He wasn't just great, not great, but it wasn't just good in the passing game. He was good in the run game. He got a couple first downs late in that game. So for Cleveland, if, if they just get the snippet of Deshaun Watson, they're going to be just fine, and they could be a contender. Could be. Now with Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett and the running back situation, George Pickens wanting out, like this is a whole bunch of just malarkey going on offensively for both teams. It's going to be a defensive matchup. So I can, I like, of course, when I say this, it's going to be a Detroit Chargers incident where it's 41 38 or just like they're both going to score uh, 70 on each other in the second I say that. But um, yeah, I absolutely am going to love this defensive matchup. All right. To picks we go. Uh, it's one of those where it just, it doesn't make sense why I'm saying this. But, like, either way I was going, it does not make any sense why I'm saying that. Uh, but give me Cleveland. I, again, I don't buy Cleveland, but, you know, in a one-game season, uh, one-game scenario each week, they only lost by four earlier this season in Pittsburgh. This time you're playing at home. I'm going to say Cleveland edges them out. But to Chris's point, it's going to be a defensive slugfest, I think. Dawn, who do you have win this game? I have Pittsburgh winning this game. And uh, I just, you know, I think, you know, Spence, you you mentioned your absolute distrust in Deshaun Watson, and that's why I'm picking them. I think Pittsburgh's going to find a way to win this game. I don't think the K-Pickett is going to, I think, you know, for them offensively, it's like, don't turn over the ball. Please do not. Whatever you do, do not turn over the football and just let your defense take over. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, Pittsburgh is somehow going to win this game. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, we'll see them at the top of the division coming in, you know, uh, coming into uh, week 12. All right. Christian, how do you see this one going down? Man, I'm got to go Cleveland here. Like, I trust – I wouldn't say tr- – I'm using trust lightly here. Um, I trust – Cleveland's offense more than I do with Pittsburgh. I I think Cleveland ran the ball really well late against Baltimore, and that's what got them into this game and got closer to field goal position to win it. Um, And I feel like when both defenses are going to be tired, which run game slash offense do I trust more? I think it's going to be Cleveland. Um, I have Cleveland winning this game. You know, this is a family team. You know, my mom's side of the family, you know, from Ohio. So, of course, they're going to be Cleveland lovers because uh, Cincinnati was not a team then. So, you know, I do think the Cleveland Browns, for them, win this game. And it'd be awesome. Like, Cleveland, like, they they desperately wanted this good team, and they thought they had an upgrade with Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield. Uh, if Baker played the way he's playing in Tampa, in Cleveland – Holy hell, this would be an actual good team. Um, and I, I think everyone here could agree to that uh, to that cause. But right now, it's uh, Bills Cosby. <coughs> Sorry, Deshaun Watson. Uh, but I do think Cleveland is going to win this game. 
All righty. Thank you for that. Next up, the Raiders. The Red Hot Raiders 2-0 under Antonio Pierce. And the Dolphins, who again, they lost to Kansas City a couple weeks ago in Germany. They had the bye week to freshen up, get regrouped, get healthy, uh, and whatnot. This game's, you know, I always go would not have pegged this as a uh, fascinating game. You know, Josh McDaniels taking on the Dolphins. Uh, I just would not have figured that would be going to be a good game. I would say Mike McDaniel would just run circles over Josh McDaniels. Uh, but that's not the case because he's no longer there, McDaniels, that is. Um, but this game, it, again, this game could get outraged really quickly, though, uh, down in Miami. But or but this game also could just be really close. And uh, fast, like the spread right now is 12.5 for Miami. And that seems about right. Even though the, the Rays are playing red hot, they beat the two worst teams in football, arguably. Uh, while also losing to Chicago views for that. Um, the Raiders, again, I think they've just gotten lucky lately. Uh, but we'll see if Aid O'Connell, because uh, Jimmy G's injured and whatnot, if Aid O'Connell, uh, or he just got benched. Yeah, if Aid O'Connell can keep it up um, down the stretch there, play a team as talented as Miami is offensively and defensively. Don, how do you see this one uh, going down? What are you looking forward to here? What am I looking forward to for the Raiders and the Dolphins, um, can Vegas actually gain more momentum and a little bit of a win streak uh, with this new coach, Antonio Pierce? I mean, uh, this is incredibly interesting and a nice storyline for them. Uh, you know, firing their coach, like a few years ago, we all saw it. Rich Versace got them into the playoffs. Excuse me, Rich Versace and the players got them into the playoffs. And... You know, I, it's kind of interesting. Like, I'm kind of intrigued. Like, I actually want to watch the Raiders play football now. Like, I think before with Josh McDaniels as coach, I was like, yeah, this is kind of – I don't even want to watch this. Like, I don't – just turn the TV off. But now, I mean, I, I forgot, I'm kind of just sitting on the edge of my seat like, ooh, this is – we've got a rookie quarterback and an interim head coach. Um. One of the greatest wide receivers in Packers history. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs. This is, and also my guy, Jacoby Myers, who is playing himself into a great season so far. Uh, and, you know, I think this is, uh, it's kind of kind of cool, kind of sweet. Um, and I think for Miami, it's like, you know, this is this is one of those games where you should probably win. You should you should probably win. You're at home. You're talking about a Vegas team that has to go across eh, a couple time zones, and you've got the better players. Like if we just do roster to roster, Miami has the better players, the better coach, you know, the better team. This should be a win for Miami. I say should. Like, if we can put that in quotations, should be a win. Now, will it? That remains to be seen, and we'll find out, obviously. But, you know, I think, for, I mean, Vegas is playing with house money right now. They are playing with house money. And, you know, if we, run, if we really want to go down this casino Vegas fun route, they're going all in with their chips, baby. They have got nothing to lose. 
And that's dangerous. That is really dangerous when you've got a team that has nothing to lose and they are playing their hearts out. So if I'm Miami, I am going to make sure that I have checked every single box and I am super prepared because Vegas is dangerous, baby. They are going to go in there and they are going to try to beat the brakes off the Dolphins. I don't know. I'd watch out. Vegas could upset the Dolphins' upset, in quotations, because, again, records, we could, we could talk about yes, 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 definitely an upset. But I think right now, just in terms of where the teams are and where they have been for the past few weeks, you know, it's kind of just a toss-up. But, yeah, I mean, that's me just talking about the game. That's kind of just a few things I was looking forward to. All right, Chris, what are you looking forward to at this matchup? I mean, I'm just looking forward to see how can Antonio Pierce uh, keep this – drive a lot now obviously like we mentioned they play the Giants and the Jets they're not playing good teams here and but the team has more energy this team actually wants to play football this team feels like this is a completely different team right like they're like their season's just about to begin even with all their stuff that happened earlier in the year I mean you're going up against a Miami Dolphins team who you know with their with the previous record they're great against teams who are not very good. But when push comes to shove, when you got to play the tougher teams, even though Buffalo doesn't look like the same team that they lost to, you still lost to Philadelphia, losing to Kansas City and Germany. Not the best time right now, right? So being Section 3, they have to, you know, you know, put the nail on the head and just dominate and keep this up in the AFC East. You know, New England's not going to have a fight. Jets can't do anything without Aaron Rodgers. Josh Allen can, you know, he'll score, you know, five touchdowns for you, and it'll be thirty, you know, be thirty-five to nothing. He'll turn over the ball for you six times to make you win forty-two to thirty-five. So right now, Miami, they just have to just stay ahead, focus on themselves, because really the AFC East, they're screwing themselves right now uh, with everything going on. So Miami, just keep on working, keep on working. And see if you can, you know, knock the Raiders off a little bit, of course. Because, you know, even though the Raiders are not in the AFC wildcard picture, you know, in the playoff standings right now, they're they're in the hunt. And they can absolutely uh, make a steal if you don't handle their wins. So, be don't be like Buffalo and take a team easy. You got to beat the Raiders right now. All right. To our predictions we go. Uh, I'm going Dolphins. I don't think anything else needs to be said. They're a much better football team. And I think we're getting a little bit of fool's gold with the Raiders. Again, you can only play on your schedule. It's not Antonio Pierce's fault. It's not anyone else's fault that, you know, his first few games just happen to be two of the easier uh, games in the NFL. Again, you're a Raiders team that was struggling at the time. So it looked like on paper kind of an even matchup there. Uh, like, just given the state of the teams there. But the Dolphins, they're a much better football team. They should win. Uh, and that's why I'm picking them to win. Don, who do you have win this game? I have the Dolphins winning this game as well. Again, like, much of what you said. Um, but also, it is the NFL. So, I, I just, you know. The Jets did beat the Eagles. Am I not mistaken there? Like, we can, like, let's just, you know, 
teams can beat anybody, you know, you know, on any given Sunday. So, but I think for this game, you know, I'm going to take the Dolphins, even though I kind of low-key want the Raiders to win. So. All right. Christian, who do you have win this game? I, I mean, come on, man. Like, I got Miami. Uh, this is going to be very similar to a Baltimore scenario where we all pick Baltimore and Cleveland won. Um, and, and if the Raiders win, I mean, I'll take that L like happily. Um, I mean, like Don said, I mean, you kind of low key want to cheer the Raiders on like Antonio Pierce, you know, he's taken over a team that seemed like unmotivated. Like they had no care. Devontae was upset. Matt Crosby was upset. Your top two guys don't want to play for the team anymore. They want to be traded at the deadline and you know, you, you get rid of the head coach and all of a sudden, holy crap, like, this could be an actual real team. And Antonio Pierce, I, I get it. They they played the two easier games. Antonio could actually make a run being the head coach of the team. And, again, you know, is he probably one of the smarter guys, the offensive guru, defensive guru, whatever position he coached, which I have no idea. I apologize for that. But he's probably not, like, the smartest coach in terms of, like, just guru. And, like, because we all say, like, Sean McVay, Andy Reid, Mike McDaniel. Eric Bieniemy, like all these great minds, Antonio may not have that, but he's got that dog in him. He's got the leadership quality that the Raiders need. So even though I low key want the Raiders to win, I got I got to build up my lead. I've been like these last couple of weeks have not been good. I got to go Miami in this. You can't bet against twelve and a half point favorite. So I got Miami. Uh, also to answer your question, Christian. He is the uh, linebackers coach. Oh, so he's a great defensive mind, which is in their defense. Again, they play two terrible offenses. They have definitely been really good. So even if he's not the guru, he's still got that dog, that defensive minded dog in him, and he's doing a really good job. All right. Next up, Sunday Night Football, a game that preseason looked semi intriguing. A month ago, looked nowhere near intriguing. And now you have two of the hottest teams in NFL playing. Like, I don't know. Like The quarterback matchup is very suspect, given that it's Josh Dobbs versus Russell Wilson. Um, but this game is really fascinating. You got the uh, the Vikings who have won five straight games, and you got the Broncos who have won three straight games. Uh, it's two teams that, again, they started off 0-3, both these teams did. Like, these teams were 0-3 at one point, and now, like, if they keep it up, they're on the verge of a playoff spot, potentially. Um, and that's just something that was not on the table at all when these teams were 0-3. But I, NFL's a weird sport, man. Seven teams making the playoffs. Like, Minnesota currently finds itself in the playoffs right now. Uh, Denver, they're 14, but if, if they kept winning uh, and some stuff goes their way, they could maybe find themselves in the playoffs too, or they could find themselves on top of the draft. Uh, same kind of deal with the uh, the Vikings. Just, I don't know. Like, if you would have told me that I'd be looking forward to watching this game a month ago, I would have called you crazy because this game's like, I'll watch it because it's prime time, but I had no desire or care about who wins this game. And now, this is a team like if the Vikings team up. They may, they may. Sneak in and win the division if they mess around, right? And Detroit blows a few games. It is not unheard of for the like they still have a 
chance to win the division there. Um, so I'm just fascinated to see. Uh, and R- Wilson has not looked impressive at all, but he is finding ways to win. And actually, look at his stat line: 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. Those 18 touchdowns, he only threw 16 last year. He's thrown two more touchdowns through nine games than he did all of last year. So Wilson is looking better with Sean Payton. Payton's finally found his groove. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a very fun game, potentially, on on Sunday night in Denver. Dalton, what are you looking forward to with this matchup? I'm looking forward to a slugfest. Um Kind of, kind of what happened this past week as well. Just both offenses. I mean, just we've, you know, we're gonna see these get these defenses probably produce a lot. Now I say that and watch it be like an absolute shootout. Um, we got Josh Dobbs and Russell Wilson throwing for five touchdowns apiece. Like I, I don't, I, I mean, I really can't predict this stuff. So, uh, I mean, look, like I think, you know. Who's gonna stay hot? Who's gonna cool off? Um, uh, I think the altitude could that play a role in Minnesota's um, performance potentially. Uh, I'm not a expert on that, um, but you know, I think with these two teams, um, could shape up to be a, a pretty pretty good game. All right, Chris, what are you looking forward to in the battle of two of the hottest teams in the NFL right now? Man, I'm eating my words right now. What the hell? <laughs> I, at the beginning of the year, I ripped the hell out of Sean Payton just because, I mean, a, as a coach, you know, you don't want to be one of those kind of guys that rips the previous regime if you're not doing, you know, the better job right now. At the beginning of the year, it looked like, like wow, Sean Payton's actually doing a worse job than – uh, Nathaniel Hackett was the previous year. So, and, and right now, like, exactly. Like, the defense has been absolutely amazing. The offense with Russell Wilson, he, he's cooking now. I don't think he's cooking gourmet meals like he was in Seattle. But, you know, he, he's cooking, you know, he's cooking meatloaf. He's cooking, you know, soup. You know, he, he's doing he's doing something. He's not, you know, microwaving. He, he's using the oven. Um, Like, Denver is just a very hot team right now. You go in Buffalo, in Orchard Park, and you get the dub. Yes, because Josh Allen and Buffalo Bills turn the ball over by every single minute. But, like, you beat an impressive team that we all kind of, you know, not everyone here, but a lot of the sport media and fans thinking, like, okay, Buffalo, they're a roller coaster. Like, they'll figure it out once they get later on in the year. And now Buffalo may actually miss the playoff because of Denver. Uh, And with Minnesota – I mean, they've been very impressive. Now, yes, they've played the Atlanta Falcons, who don't play their best players, and you beat New Orleans Saints, who, I mean, yeah, they had a comeback with Jameis, but, I mean, this is a team I thought having a big win against Indianapolis, it could have momentum, and Josh Dobbs is, every like, everybody's favorite quarterback now is Josh Dobbs. Uh, and with Minnesota, you know, Justin Jefferson is coming back slowly. Probably not going to be in this game, but probably in the next game or two. So Minnesota, they're they're hitting right now, and with T.J. Hawkinson being one of the best tight ends right now, not named George Kittle or Mark Andrews, he's having a really impressive year right now. So I can now wait to see these two teams. And like Spencer mentioned, I mean, <laughs> like a couple weeks ago, I'm we're looking at this like Sunday night football, Minnesota and Denver. Who in the hell is going to watch this game? 
I know for sure, especially this week, I definitely am. This is going to be very intriguing. All right, on to the predictions for this matchup. I'm going to go with the Broncos. They, I mean, I know both teams are playing hot. Someone's got to lose or not. They can have a tie, which is stupid. <laughs> but, I mean, they're playing at mile high, which I don't think that matters that much. Um, but I think Denver is going to get their force right win. They are just playing. And, like, some of the – like, again, they need a ridiculous win on Monday night. I'm fully aware of that. But something tells me Denver's going to find a way to get it done. And Russell Wilson, who I've been very critical of, he, he didn't play, like, fantastic lights out the other night. But when you're playing Josh Dobbs, like, if Josh Dobbs comes into your place and beats you, uh, it might be time to hang it up if you're Russell Wilson. But I, I'm going to believe that Sean Payne gets his team to 500. And this is a Denver team that we kind of thought we would see preseason, where they're kind of maybe teetering on the edge of a playoff spot if things break accordingly. Dolan, how do you see this game going down? I am going to take Minnesota to win this game. Um, I think that they've really turned it up, and you know they're they're playing on all cylinders right. They are playing on all cylinders right now, um, and really have been for the past almost month, month and a quarter. So you know I, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Vikings to win in a uh, close game. All right. Uh, Christian, how do you see this game going down? I'll break the tie, and I'm going to go say uh, Minnesota is going to win this game. I, I just trust um, – I, I just don't trust Sean Payton as much. I trust Minnesota and their team. Uh, I think they have a better offense. I think they have better defensive players. You know, Denver, yes, they turned a the corner, but that 70-point loss still kind of looms over them uh, no matter how good they play. So, I just got Minnesota winning this game. Dobbs trained for MVP, stayed in the lab. So, yeah, I got Minnesota. All right. And lastly, Monday Night Football rematch of last year's duel between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Again, the Chiefs obviously won uh, a shootout of a game there, 38-35. I don't think we'll be that high scoring this time around because uh, the defenses, they know what they messed up with. They know they want to – uh, show out and prove that, you know, it was just a great game offensively. But also, you have some good offenses. A.J. Brown, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Travis Kelsey, obviously, enough said they're one of the best tight ends in the NFL. You have Mahomes. You have Jalen Hurts. It's going to be Camus football on Monday night. Like, you're going to want to tune in uh, to see what happens when they do battle at Arrowhead Stadium. This is exactly what you want. Like these are two teams that we thought were going to continue the success they had last year um, and be ultra successful. Philadelphia is eight and one. Kansas City is seven and two. Like you can't ask for a better uh, matchup. And this could potentially be a preview of this year's Super Bowl. Who's to say we don't get a rematch this year? Because both teams are playing out of their mind right now. Um, so I'm excited to see. Um, exactly what happens. I think it will be a little lower scoring than the Super Bowl was last year, but I think three points one way or another I think is what's going to happen here because these two teams very evenly match, and I think we're getting another instant classic uh, here. Dahl, what are you looking forward to when the Eagles and Chiefs do battle on Monday night? I am really looking forward to, you know, this is 
this is going to be a pretty, pretty good game. Um, the Kansas City defense, you know, doing their thing this entire season. Philly, um, you know, we, you know, we all know what they have on offense and defense and their ability to just dominate. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like, I think to get into the Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving kind of vibes, like, is the Kansas City offense actually going to bring some goodies to this little potluck? Like, are they going to be able to, you know, do their part and bring the guys that they need guys like, like this is the, the, you know, Monday night, we've got to put up some points so that the Kansas city defense doesn't always have to do all the work. Um, that, that'd be, that'd be interesting to see and see what happens there. Um, is Philly going to be able to dominate the offensive side uh, as they have been, um, Obviously, this was the Super Bowl matchup from a few months ago, just a few months ago, um, and so I'm—I mean, really, I'm kind of expecting fireworks, kind of like that Rams Chiefs from a long time ago. Was uh, you know, both of the teams scored into the fifties, um, but uh, I mean, yeah, this is this is gonna be a pretty pretty fun game to watch. All right. Christian, what are you looking forward to when Eagles and Chiefs battle Monday? Um, you know, this is obviously a Super Bowl rematch. It's going to be really good. Uh, both of these teams, obviously, they, they they want to go after and continue that momentum. They want to go back into the Super Bowl again. This could be a potential, you know, Super Bowl rematch this year with Philadelphia and Kansas City and Vegas, I want to say. Um, I forget exactly where the Super Bowl will be, but it is Vegas. Yep, it is Vegas. Oh wow, I got something right. Um, but you know they're probably going to play in Vegas again potentially this year, depending how the rest of the season holds out. Um, so I, you know, Jalen Hurts obviously, you know he came, you know, coming off a big win against Philadelphia or, geez, yeah, they came off against himself. Uh, came off of a bye beating Dallas Cowboys, where honestly they kind of escaped because Dallas is Dallas. Kansas City, they had a 21-14 point win against Miami where they started off red hot and, and faded out a little bit in the second half. Both teams, that's how they went uh, their last games. But I absolutely think Monday night, all eyes are going to be on this uh, on these two teams and on these great quarterbacks in Mahomes and Hurts. So it's going to be an absolute classic. All right. Two predictions we go. I'm going to say the Chiefs get the better, better in this rematch. They continue their winning streak against the Eagles. Um, they're a better team. Like, I think the receiving talent is there for Philadelphia. But in the, the Chiefs are the fitting chance for a reason. Um, and they're fresh off a bye. I mean, both teams are fresh off a bye week, um, actually. But I just think that Kansas City is well-rested after their trip to Germany. And while the Eagles have been staying stateside, I, I just like Kansas City in this matchup. They're playing at home in front of their home fans, and I think that means something here. And, again, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, at bar none. Even though he's playing pretty poor at times this year with 17 touches, eight interceptions, uh, I'm still not going to bet against the Chiefs. Uh, at least not this time around. Eagles, Chiefs, Dolan, how do you see this one going down? 
I'm going to take Kansas City as well. Um, I just think matchup-wise, they've, you know, we, we've seen it before. I think it's going to happen again. Uh, just Kansas City's going to be able to dominate – or not dominate, but, you know, win this game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I picked against Kansas City so many times this season, and they just, you know, come back and they bite me right in the butt. So, I mean, I just – I got I to gotta go with the gut this time and go with Kansas City. All right. Christian, how do you see this one going down? Man, I've been kind of bouncing back the last couple of uh, minutes here. I wrote Kansas City down. I'm thinking Philadelphia. And the last time I didn't go with my gut, uh, it kind of killed me with Carolina and Chicago. Uh, I'll go with my first reaction. I think Kansas City as well. Um, I think Kansas City, like, they, they've had a more impressive kind of stretch of games, winning these games. And obviously Denver, uh, we're knowing how hot they were. But in a certain situation, Patrick Holmes wasn't feeling 100% because of his flu. Um, and just the team overall, just kind of like, we don't really need to care about this game. Philadelphia, functioning alcoholic, I always say it. They're barely winning games. They probably shouldn't. Uh, Philadelphia understands that. They need to go on a stretch early and win this game. They're a much better team than who Philly has played thus far. So I got Kansas City winning this game. All right. So that will do it for our picks. This week, and again, our NFL-only episode. Next week, we will be back. Uh, MLB, looks like we have it. We had three of the four vacancies filled for managers. We will discuss all those next week. Um, again, thanks for listening. Follow us wherever you are listening to this podcast. Subscribe. Uh, support us. Keep listening next week. It's going to be more great NFL content and others. Um, feedback's always encouraged, to. And if you want to, feel free, share with friends and family, uh, just to help us grow the podcast. We definitely appreciate that. I appreciate all of you guys listening in. As always, I am Spencer Brown. Uh, I am Dalton Bishop. And I'm Christian Ernst. So thanks again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.